Well, thank you, Amos. Uh, I don't remember all those things back there. Well, we're here and we've been looking at uh, the coming of the return of Christ. Uh, we started out by uh, looking at his coming for his own and then his, uh, his coming with power and uh, all that. And we're now looking at uh, the, uh, what we call the millennial reign, the thousand year reign. So uh, anybody have anything to share here? What do you think of uh, when you think of the thousand year reign? What, uh, what is that? Well, if you want to uh, open your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Now, in our week, we went quickly over some of this, but we have in the ninth chapter, and I'm quoting here from uh, John Walward, and he says that the millennial kingdom is a major part of the second coming of Christ. It includes the destruction of the armies gathered against God in the Holy Land. You remember there in Revelation 19, and uh, there was a door opened, and out of that door came uh, a man, uh, does it say, sitting on a white horse? Uh, yeah, verse 11 in 19, it says that uh, he... Um, He saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called true and faithful, and in his righteousness he does judge and make war. Then it gives a description of, of him. Uh, in, uh, I'm in Revelation 19, 11, and following. And he, verse 13, he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And so uh, uh, this would have been quite a sight, and I think this is the place where, uh, you know, people are uh, scared and uh, they're calling for rocks and mountains to fall on them and things like that. But uh, the picture we get here is that the armies on the, excuse me, on the earth are gathered together against Jerusalem, and uh, we see here a picture where he, uh, uh, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that he should smite the nation, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness, the wrath of God Almighty. 
and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And uh, says, I saw an angel and the sun, and he crowed with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. And I can't imagine what that, uh, that uh, will be like. We get a picture here of the armies. And as they see the approach, uh, it appears as if they turn toward him. And he smites them with the sword of his mouth. And so, uh, see, uh, Jude makes reference to a prophecy of uh, Enoch, uh, the seventh of Adam. And uh, he's talking about him bringing judgment on the conditions, uh, the ungodly conditions of the world. And he says he cometh with ten thousands of his saints. And uh, I don't know all the details of that, but that's going to be a time when uh, Jesus Christ will take on his position as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We looked at his present position. According to the scriptures, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, for the believers. And at this time, he will now take his role as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And of course, he will be coming to the earth. We also see in... uh, uh, The capture of the beast and the false prophet then in uh, chapter 20. And from there uh, we saw how that uh, uh, Satan was bound uh, for a thousand years and all this. And so when we talk about the millennium or the thousand year reign... Why, uh, we're talking about a time, uh, we notice that it talks about him ruling uh, with a rod of iron. And we will be looking at some scriptures that talk about him reigning in righteousness. Uh, uh, See, Peter, there in 2 Peter 3, talks about... uh, how that the earth is going to melt and all the things are going to change. Now, this probably may not take place until uh, after the millennium. I'm not quite sure. The new heavens and the new earth, I don't think, will, will come on the scene till after the thousand-year reign. But... Uh, I'm not quite clear on some of those uh, chronological orders. But Peter talks about when that will take place. He says, uh, uh, you know, how everything is going to melt. And he says, but we, according to his promise, 
look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, in the reign of Christ, uh, there will righteousness reign. And uh, it's like, uh, almost like people are uh, inclined to do right in a different way than what we see today where we're all inclined to go the wrong way. And uh, so this would be a uh, wonderful time there. And so I'd like to uh, look at some of these scriptures and uh, we'll begin in the 20th chapter, uh, verses four through six, where he says, I saw thrones and they, and they sat upon them. Judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon the forehead or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So uh, the obvious thing that we see here in this passage of scripture, that after we, we believe the rapture will be before the tribulation, but here we have the saints that were... Uh, probably beheaded during the tribulation are brought up before the thousand year reign to reign with Christ. And verse five then, I was reading in Revelation 20 verse four, Revelation 20 verse five, it says, but the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, I don't know. I have been trying to find something of what is meant here by the first resurrection. Is anyone here that has an explanation? Now, there are... If you're on the all-millennial camp, you will probably say that the first resurrection is the new birth. But that doesn't fit with, with the other scriptures. And so, uh, because the scriptures would tell us that the first resurrection that is listed in a number of different resurrections throughout the scripture is the resurrection of Christ. And then they that are his. And, and so uh, uh, Walward, who lists seven different resurrections, would include the, those two that were testifying during the tribulation and were raised up after three days. Now, and so there, you can take a lot of that... Uh, all right, any, anything you want to share? Has anyone uh, ever counted how many verses you can find that refer to the time of the millennial reign? I haven't, I don't know, but I know there's many 
And I'm not planning to, uh, to uh, pick all of them out. But I would like, I do have a list of them that I would like to talk about. Now, of course, uh, throughout, after about the year mm, 340, maybe uh, before that, the church was basically would have taken the premillennial view with by a literal interpretation of the scripture. After that, there was some controversy, especially after the Catholic Church was established then and after Constantine had reigned and, and baptized his army and some things like that. And uh, from then on, it has been a question among the, the churches, will there be a thousand year reign? Well, we have a chapter in the New Testament in the book of Revelation that mentions a thousand years six times. And what does it mean if it does not mean a thousand years? I don't know. And neither does anybody else because there's all kinds of different ideas as to what the thousand year reign is. There are those, of course, who would say that that uh, that uh, a thousand years doesn't mean a thousand years. It's only a period of time. But I have I have seen in the writings of uh, of the early church and uh, some that followed after that, those who took that position that, uh, you know, the church is, the period is, a thousand, is the thousand year reign. And that was okay because they thought that after a thousand years, Christ would return. Well, he didn't come. So come 1100, uh, they decided that it just means a period of time. And so, uh, as I've said before, if, you, if anyone takes a non-literal method of interpretation, he can make it say what he wants to because he makes everything figurative. And uh, some of those people do not believe that heaven is for real. It's just a spiritual experience. What does that do for us? And I'd like to uh, appreciate a Amy's uh, enthusiasm here. And there's something about believing God in what he gave us in his word that gives us a peace of mind, even though we don't understand everything. We are not asked to understand everything before we can be saved. Because the Bible says, God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him. It doesn't say when we understand him. 
Now the man of the world will say, show me and I'll believe. God says, believe me and I'll show you. Remember those people at the cross? They were mocking Jesus and they said, come down from the cross. Then we'll believe you are who you said you are. If he would have come down from the cross, there would be nothing to believe. Our belief by faith is based on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, as we, uh, as we noticed, as we went through the scriptures to this point, in looking at the scriptures that talked about uh, the coming of Christ from Genesis 3.15 on, and then how that uh, the children of Israel were chosen, and so God uh, had given them in the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he gave them a land. And he promised them prosperity in the land if they follow him. Well, we know they didn't do so well. And maybe we're kind of quick to say that. But my question is, how are we doing? And so the time came when he took them to captivity and there when Zedekiah, the last king of Judah, was reigning, the prophet Ezekiel makes a statement and that he says, away with the diadem and all that was included in that. He says, I'm going to overturn, overturn, and I'm going to overturn it. He says it three times. I'm going to overturn. He says it will not be anymore until he come whose right it is and I will give it to him. And that connects with that uh, vision that Nebuchadnezzar, now oh, wait a minute. Yeah, where that vision was of that big uh, uh, image and uh, that stone that was cut out of the mountain and uh, was rolled out, destroyed everything as it went. And I think that's uh, at least included in the picture that we have of there in Revelation 19 when Christ is going to come and smite all the armies and for a thousand years there will not be any opposition to that what the king of kings says is the way it's going to be and as I said the other time that there in Revelation 20 it talks about that after the thousand years there will again be, Satan will be loose for a time and will uh, again cause havoc for a short time. And I don't uh, understand all that, 
how God's going to deal with all that, but uh, that's what we're told in his word. And so what I wanted to say there uh, in Ezekiel's writings, Ezekiel was right at the beginning of the, uh, of the captivity and uh, they were finished. And I guess one way to say it, God set aside for a time the Jewish nation. They were not a nation from that time till about 1948. And they were restored, but in the meantime, God is calling out a people that is called his temple and it's called the Bride of Christ. When the rapture takes place, which it seems like that that's probably the next event in the sequence of the coming of the Lord. Now his first coming uh, is what? Uh, almost 2,000 years. I think it's kind of interesting. I'm not quite sure uh, with all the changes of calendars throughout the years, not sure how near we can tell exactly where we are. The uh, Jewish calendar still has a couple years to go before Yeah, and so, uh, you know, uh, I think God in his whole design, it's as Jesus said, that uh, no one knows when it's going to be. For some reason, that is not an appointed time. And it isn't, uh, the church period was never given a uh, amount of years like the, the millennial reign is uh, numbered here. The only place I know that it's numbered is in Revelation 20. Uh, I don't think that was uh, numbered in the, uh, in the Old Testament. All right, where do we want to begin? I uh, invite you to turn to, uh, okay, uh, we had, uh, Let's go down here. All right, we, uh, sorry here, I didn't get this, uh, thought I had the right place. All right.
thousand year. We looked at Revelation 20. Let's go to Isaiah 1, 26 to 2, 4. And I invite, invite your comments here. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I have a section here that we have uh, in Isaiah 1, verse 26. He says, I will restore the judges as at the first place, and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward thou shalt be called, and notice, the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with judgment, and her converts with righteousness. And the destruction of the transgressors of the sinners shall be together, and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks which ye have desired, and ye shall be confounded for the gardens that ye have chosen. For ye shall be as an oak whose leaf fadeth, and as a garden that hath no water. And the strong shall be as tow, and maker of it as a spark, and they shall both burn together. None shall quench them. Isaiah 2.1. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. Many people shall go and say, Come ye, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. And so there we have and uh, very... Uh, it's just very difficult for me to understand that people say that uh, God is finished with Israel. And uh, let's go to the next uh, chapter 11, 1 through 16. I, all right. Uh, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Notice the word righteousness in verse 4. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. 
Verse 5, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. Cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the osp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice den. Interesting one here, there in verse 7, it talks about the lion eating straw. And I read where two men were having a conversation, and of course the one claimed that we're in the thousand-year reign now. So he asked him, did you see a lion eating straw? And so, you know, I don't know how we work through all those things. Uh, it says, they shall not hurt nor destroy in my holy mountain. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It shall come to pass in that day, the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Somehow I uh, missed printing out the rest of that chapter. Is there anything there that you want to talk about in the last? What are there four more verses there? Yeah. So shall everybody know the Lord. Well, that's the <coughs> earth is full of knowledge of the Lord, and the water covers the sea. Mm-hmm. There's another place where it says, I'm not sure where that is, but I shall say that uh, the waters cover the sea, so everyone should know the Lord. Yeah. Well. All right, let's uh, go to the next one here. Just because these animals, they fear, the animals fear of mankind. They'd be wiped away like it was in those times. When, yeah. when those called them, they did run, they came. Yeah. They were not afraid of mankind like, like they are today. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to 65, verse 17. It says, for I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create, for behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. Verse 19, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The voice of the weeping shall no more be heard to in her, nor the voice crying, there shall be no more thence an infant of, of days, 
nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner being an hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses, inhabit them, they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Verse 23, they shall not labor in vain nor bring forth trouble bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and the dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. Some repetition there, but uh, any thoughts on there? Well, I was kind of tossing that one around uh, according to uh, according to Revelation 21 and 22 it would seem like that would come after the millennium and yet I'm not uh, I'm not in you know I can't say I'm I'm real sure about that there'll definitely be a, uh, a renewing of things here, you know, and all, how all that would be, I don't know. So the earth will be restored to almost like an Edenic uh, perfection before the thousand year reign takes place. Yeah, and really, uh, as I see it, the, in the millennial reign, there will be, you know, it talks about righteousness reigning and, and things like that. And I think it's going to be like a display of God of what he had in mind when he started. And the uh, God's covenant with Abraham Isaac, Jacob, and David is going to be fully revealed and fully uh, worked out as he had intended from the beginning. And not that I uh, think God was taken by surprise or anything, but he had all the, he had all the bases covered when he started. And at the end, we're going to know, and we'll get to that in part of uh, Ezekiel, makes a, a statement like, uh, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Israel shall know, the Gentiles shall know, 
that statement in, in its equivalent is uh, used at least 60 times in the book of Ezekiel. When judgment is finished, there's not going to be any question who's, who the Lord is, or who is Lord. They shall know that I am the Lord. And the way they shall know is that at the end, everything is worked out the way it was planned in the beginning. And I don't think that God ever had a plan B. He didn't need one. Now, I've worked with a lot of construction, a lot of prints, and there are very few, especially big projects, that we didn't have to make any changes to make the print work. And I don't think that happens for God. You know, he, uh, he has all the things figured out before he started. All right, any other comments? God would restore it back the way it was, but Satan had to get this. Yeah. Is it construed the heaven where God dwells, and it's a new heaven, or is it just talking about the Well, uh, I don't know that thought has ever occurred to me. <laughs> I, when I think of the heavens, I think more of the galaxies and all the things that they see with their telescopes and things like that. He's, going to, he's not going to need the sun and the moon and uh, maybe not even the stars uh, because they were created to... Uh, to rule the night and and the day, because somewhere in the last two chapters of the Bible it says there was no need of the sun, and because uh, God will be there, and He's light. So, did you have anything?